Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Guys Like Us podcast and giving us a listen. I am super excited today to welcome Gordon Myers. Gordon is originally from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and now lives in the state's capital, Madison. We talk about his early childhood upbringings as a pastor's kid and his different journeys in college and now as a software developer. In particular, we focus on his interfaith dialogue experience and how he serves at a local prison and leads these discussions. Super excited to talk about this and definitely a lot more. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. We are back today and I am welcomed by Gordon Myers. Gordon, how's it going today? It's going really well. Thanks, Tyler. Awesome. I'm super excited to have you here. Um, I know we've been trying to reschedule um, and you know it's been a few weeks with our busy schedule, but glad to have you on the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor. Absolutely. So how I, how I kick off per usual is opening up in prayer um, and I can lead us um, right now, if you don't mind. Please. Awesome. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing Gordon and I together today. Um, incredibly grateful and happy to have this opportunity to connect and learn a bit more about Gordon, um, knowing that you will be working through both of us in, in just deepening this conversation and allowing us to ask questions, listen, and ultimately, you know, try and take some some takeaways and some some action items that we can that we can apply to our faith. Um, again, just super grateful and happy uh, to be here, and just excited for what this conversation um, has uh, has to offer and, and and what's to come. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Um, Gordon, so you're a Wisconsin native. Uh, I, I have a soft spot for some folks from Wisconsin. Uh, myself, my my family, oh, yeah. my yes, absolutely. My my family comes from the Madison area, and I know you're I know you're currently stationed in Madison right now. Um, best city in the world. Best city. I, you know what? <laughs> I I I I think I'm okay with that statement. I'm okay with Not that. Not biased at all. <laughs> Not biased at all. Um, so can you just kind of open up and tell us a bit more about what you currently do in Madison? Sure, sure. Um, I don't know which areas of life we want to touch on, but I've been here for 12 years now. I'm a mm-hmm. born and bred Wisconsinite. Um, I work as a software developer for a startup company. Um, and in recent years, I've been progressively and steadily more active in my local church. Um, this was something that I grew up with, but then kind of cared less about in college, but mm-hmm. have found it to be really a rock and really a support for all the other aspects of my life. Um, so I, I do maintain a pretty busy and active lifestyle while I'm here. I like to run. I, I play in mm-hmm. an adult kickball league right now, and um, I'm in a, a concert band, and you know, I've, I've got a, a laundry list of hobbies and things to, to stay busy. but. Um, it re- I really have it found. Uh, excuse me. I really have found it to be important uh, to stay grounded, to have that uh, church community and, and that support. 
Um, and so that's, that's become something that's been important to me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, w- one thing I, I really wanted to touch on, um, and you, you spoke about this briefly is as you've become grounded in the church and this has be become, or, you know, has continued to develop as a part of your life. Um, yeah. I know in, in some way, um, you've been able to translate this experience or at least kind of a spin of this experience into, into prison. So I know that you've been, you've you've been to prison a few times. Um, and they keep letting me out too. And they keep letting you out, which is crazy. It's crazy. I, you know, the, the, um, the, um, institution these days is just, is just mind boggling. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but anyways, can can you tell us a bit more about what you currently do at, at the prison once a week? It's not once a week. It's actually twice a month. Twice a month. Okay. Which is which is not as bad as once a week. Not, that not would as be bad. Very demanding. Um, so there's a actually there's a rotation of volunteers at my church that uh, started doing this prison ministry back in January, um, mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit before then. But well, you know, just shy of a year for now. Um, and we go there two times a month. So currently it's it's the first and third Tuesday of the month and. That is because that's the only time that the prison will give us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping in the future that maybe they will allow us to do, you know, a weekly session or, or things like that. But, you know, we'll take what, what they'll allow. The, the restrictions on volunteers are very specific. Um, but we go there twice a month for a period of about two-hour sessions. Um, and the it's a minimum security prison. And the inmates have, like kind of like school, you know, they have elective choices of activities that they can do at certain times of the day. And so this is always at 6.30 at night, right after dinner. Um, there's a bunch of different groups they can go to, and our, our group is one of them. Um, our particular group, uh, we bill it as an interfaith uh, discussion group. And even though we say interfaith, anyone's welcome, it just so happens that we've only ever had uh, Christians of various denominations show up. Well, we have had some agnostics, too. But um, you know, nobody from other faiths yet. So it has been, a, I guess you call it an ecumenical group, um, which is yeah. interesting. And so what we'll do in the group is try to talk about issues that the inmates care about, um, you know, relevant issues in the news. There was just the um, incident at Charlottesville this past weekend. And so we had a discussion group on that just last night um, and other things. And uh I don't, I don't know how much longer I should go on about this before I let you just ask specific yeah, questions. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, we, we try to bring a biblical basis to whatever we're discussing, uh, give people space to share things from their viewpoint, whatever that may be. Um, and it's been a great support for me personally, and, and I certainly hope it's, and based on feedback, I, I know it has been a great support for a lot of the inmates there as well. Hmm. Awesome. Um, first, first thing that jumps to my mind is, as you mentioned, your church, you know, as part of their ministry, uh, this, this prison ministry, um, I'm curious why why did it become an interfaith um, dialogue rather than a, just a, a just a, you know specific tailored to Christianity? Um, and I, I know, as you mentioned, it, it kind of has naturally gone that way. But what was the initial intention to make it interfaith? So that again was something that was kind of decided for us. Um, Okay. The chaplain out there right now is a Pentecostal minister from Nigeria, mm-hmm. and uh, he had this session that he had apparently been running for years that was this interfaith group, um, and he decided he wanted to step back from it, and 
it kind of worked out serendipitously. We were thinking already and praying about how can we do more for our local community? How can we reach hungry hearts and people who are looking for, um, you know, Jesus and people who are looking for this kind of support? And so we started doing a little bit of cursory investigation into the prison, and it, it just all worked out that the minister said, well, we have this session that I've been hoping someone else will pick up the mantle of. Would you guys do it? And we're like, sign us up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as time goes by, we actually probably will have the goal of having a more focused, more well-defined um, and, and specifically Christian role. But um, in the meantime, it, I mean, it de facto is anyway, yeah. since it's only Christians that tend to show up. Sure. Um, so it, it, it's been going quite well, but there's still um, still further steps to be taken, I guess I'd say. Awesome, awesome. Um, so when you say we, so do you, I apologize if I miss this, uh, do you co-lead this, these sessions then with it? I do, with yeah, yeah. So uh, I have led some, a couple of them solo, but uh, it's, it's pretty nice to have two volunteers there mm-hmm. um, just because different people have different perspectives or, or different abilities on... Um, facilitating group discussions mm-hmm. and so sometimes I may resonate with some of the prisoners there but other times it may have it, it may be helpful to have someone else who can do a better job because one of the biggest challenges is that some of the guys really like to hear themselves talk mm-hmm. um, and I'm happy to let people talk but you kind of have to rein people in at a certain point and give everyone an equal opportunity to contribute yep. absolutely absolutely um, so can you go back actually to that to that yeah. first experience that first time um, when you know you, they they said yeah absolutely you know I, I would love for you guys to take over why don't you come yeah. in you know next Tuesday and you're like wow okay you know great um, can you can you kind of you know take a step by step kind of what was going through your mind um, and even sure, well, kind of getting a bit more a more practical like kind of you know stepping in, like into pre. Um, into the prison and like like what you had to go through to you know to, to get in and yeah, yeah, and yeah. then just that first experience. Yeah. So before talking about session number one, I guess I'll talk about session number zero because there are some legal requirements that you have to do before you can even show up before they'll let you in the doors. Okay. And one of those is you have to go through what's called the PRIA um, uh, orientation, and PRIA it stands for Prison Rape Elimination Act, and it's really heavy stuff. They sit you down for two and a half hours and talk to you almost the entire time about prison rape and how prevalent it is and uh, how guards will do it to inmates and vice versa and other inmates to other inmates. And so it's, it's really kind of a despondent session. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they really hit you hard with all the bad stuff that can happen at prison. And then they, they give you these even more dire warnings where they, because when you're doing the orientation, you're in this little gymnasium area that's kind of separate from everybody else. And there, there was one portion of time where four of the prisoners happened to walk by and they saw, they just briefly glanced at us through the window. And at that point, the uh, person leading the orientation said, they just saw all of you. I guarantee by tomorrow, they will know your first name, last name, will probably have read your Facebook profile despite not having internet access officially. Um, <laughs> and so they, they really try to like creep you out, I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a very strange session, and it, it was in stark contrast when you actually get there. 
Um, so what was the point of having of having that initial session then? Was it was it almost was it like a scare tactic or was it just trying to inform you of the the situation in general and you know why why did, did they have to do it for you you know who were just volunteers who were coming in right. to to essentially you know spread the gospel in, in a way right 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 um i've kind of asked myself that question a little bit and i don't know that i have a definitive answer i think some of it is this kind of like aggressive machismo you know you have to be scary all the time tactic because mm. the actual experience i mean you come in as a result of that expecting the worst Mm-hmm. But then when you actually get there, it's quite relieving to see the contrast between the buildup and reality. Um, because the way that I would describe it is that these men that come to our sessions are absolutely puppy dogs. Like, they are the sweetest guys. Um, and awesome. if they weren't in there for, you know, either drug abuse or homicide in one case or, or other things, you would never guess that they would be have, have done those things because they're a really thoughtful group of people. Um, of course, not all the prisoners come because they have their choice of sessions or, or choose to just stay behind in their cell. But the ones that are making the effort to get out there really appreciate, you know, your presence being there for them. Um, because I think it's prisoners is kind of a neglected part of society. I think most people don't really give that much thought. They may give that less thought than the homeless person they pass on the street and don't give any money to. Um, you know, <laughs> that's very true. That's that's. Uh, I never thought of that, but it's. I you know, especially living in in a major city now, I, I completely agree. There's there's plenty of times, and as you just said, where I walk by and you know, I I, I see a homeless person, and I'm not, and that's part of the you know something personal battle is trying to figure out how to how to engage and how to combat this this challenge um yeah yeah but that's a whole that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic yes exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly um awesome so ground zero kind of getting getting onboarded into prison culture um right and then you're okay so that happens and then you you know you show up and everyone there is for the most part you know really nice as you you know and and really kind of welcoming and very thoughtful and insightful and was was that um, you, you know, how long was that first session and what did you guys talk about? Um, I don't totally remember. I, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we were kind of working under the mantle of the expectations that the uh, chaplain had set for us since mm-hmm. this was a, this, this session was originally his brainchild. And so he had it kind of given us some instructions that we should pick some relevant article from the news and start that as our, you know, use that as our launching point for discussion. Um, and so we had inevitably picked something political. I think we were maybe talking about Trump or something like that. Yep. Um, and I have since learned there that you should probably, whenever possible, avoid topics that are overtly political um, because it tends to divide rather than unite. Um, and a lot of the guys there are very conservative um, and sometimes very hardline conservative, and I'm, I'm personally not. I'm more of a moderate, um, maybe a left-leaning moderate, but um, you kind of, one of the goals that I think we all, our small group of volunteers all implicitly had set for ourselves was um, not to let things really devolve into a battle of human opinions or a battle of human wills. The, the goal was more to elevate discussion, focus on Christ, focus on his message. Um, and 
we've been getting better at that. It's hard to do when you start off right out the gate with a political topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, other times we've talked about um, environmental issues and, like I said last night, we talked about Charlottesville and race issues. One issue in particular that seems to really resonate, really be popular with the people there is addiction. Um, mm-hmm. We did one session purely focused on that. We actually got some folks who skipped uh, their Narcotics Anonymous session to come to ours instead, which we were like, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> we okay. don't let you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll probably have to revisit that topic because a lot of the guys there have personal struggles with, with those things. and. Um, so you want to provide as much support as you, as you can and, and much, as much compassion as you can. Sure. Sure. So as you, as you talk about these kind of these current event issues, how are you able to, to kind of intertwine faith? You know, I think for me, my experience sure. is, is in Bible studies, um, we just, you know, pretty much hop into scripture and that's, that's, you know, sure. it's pretty much based around. Uh, either a passage or or a topic, and then we'll kind of tie together different scripture. But um, especially when you start opening into these different, you know, political um, into you know drug abuse, um, I think it's it's challenging to kind of go from like, okay, this is this is you know, just trying to you know be support and be helpful, and then kind of flip that switch and then go into this is what Jesus would do. I think um, my background in the last six or seven years has really helped me with that um, because at this point it's, it's kind of started to become second nature. I had a teacher once, um, a religious teacher, who told me that the Bible is more than just a collection of historical stories. It's really a book about your thinking. Mm. Um, and you know, you can get into long theological debates about, particularly with the Old Testament, about you know which certain stories maybe didn't literally happen or just metaphors or or whatever. And and that's a whole out of scope discussion. Um, The thing that I find empowering and and relevant about the Bible is that any of the stories, even the, even the obscure ones, I feel like you can find a deeper meaning that is relevant today. Um, And so obviously, you know, everything about Christ is literally true, but I don't think he was preaching just for, um, a crowd of Jews in the first century. He was preaching for all time. You know, the mm-hmm. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, and so when you see certain stories in the news, um, I'm trying to think of an example. I'm coming up short here. There was just one, two sessions ago. I don't remember what news story it was, but it, it the Daniel and the lion's den seemed to tie in really well as we were talking. We were talking about um, somebody dealing with, um, maybe it was political division or something or other, and just something about that story popped out and then we, it, it kind of led into discussing that story and how Daniel handled his situation because of course he was faced with, um, you know, he hadn't done anything humanly wrong, but he was still faced with, you know, these surrounding circumstances that seemed very unfair um, but through his prayers to God, through the power of God, um, he escaped that situation unscathed. And he, you know, it wasn't he wasn't plotting and thinking about retaliation. Joseph from the from Genesis is another great example of that. They they love the story of Joseph, you know, mm-hmm. especially since he spent a couple of years in prison. 
Um, yeah. Well, I remember the story. We were talking. We, we found this news article about um, this woman who was wrongly imprisoned in a Taiwanese prison. Well, wrongly is she was imprisoned for making a play that was critical of the uh, Thailand monarchy, which is illegal to do. Um, you can't criticize the crown, and so she was imprisoned for two and a half years, and then used her experience to document all the abuses that went on. And it was it's a fascinating news article. But um, as we talked about it, it, it was just so relevant to, to tie in these biblical concepts and biblical ideas. And um, the more you familiarize yourself with the Bible, the easier that become that, that is to do. Um, and I actually even find it a lot easier to do this in prison setting than in my normal day-to-day life. And that's, I guess, one of the next big challenges for me is... Um, learning to not keep my light hidden under a bushel, you know, six days out of the week or or five days out of the week and not just in these confined spaces, Mm -hmm. but learning how to do that more naturally with everyone I meet and not necessarily just a select group. But Mm -hmm. that's, I'm getting off topic now. (laughs) No, no, exactly. And I think that's, that's a, that's a great question too. And um, I think it's very, but you know, I think that's, it is something different, but it's applicable because um, the way that you interact with people um, in, in, in this session is, you know, it's, confi- it's a confined space. It's 60 minutes or 90 minutes or however long, you know, that session may go. Um, right. But how can, you, how can you have that conversation or even bring in even just certain elements of that conversation into just like a standard day-to-day conversation? Um, yeah. And I, it's tough. And, you know, it's like I, I think there's – I, I tend to see, and this might be stereotypical, but you tend to see Christians who are, you know, very evangelical, who will who will come up to you and, and speak to you, and you know, some of the first, you know, some of the first words they, some of the first things they say is, you know, are you are you a believer of Jesus, and you know, are you a Christian? Uh, but then you have other people who, you know, who might be Christians and might not mention it at all. Um, right. And I don't know, you know, and I think it, it's tough. Is there a right answer? And I. I think it's it's tough to you know to, to say right or wrong, but more so of you know of, of your approach and when it when it's applicable. Um, there's this there's this famous quote. I, I think it's attributed to Saint Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. Allegedly said that uh, for some people, the only Bible that they will ever read is your life. And I really like that idea that you really need to just internalize the concepts and live it so. Um, passionately and, and outwardly that um, people feel it and not feel like they're just being talked down to by it yes. or something like that. Yeah, I think uh, that's super relevant. I, I, and I have a few other friends in, who, who have mentioned that too and have opened my eyes to St. Oh, Francis great. of Assisi's. Um, not, not that one, but they're like, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. That was, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, okay. that that's great. another quote. And I think it's, it's crazy because, um, I, you know, I think I'm – Starting to, to 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 learn and kind of follow more of Saint Francis of Assisi and kind of what that you know what those messages were, um, sure. but anyways, um, so um, you know other thing and you you've touched on this briefly. Um, I just wanted to kind of go back and ask kind of a follow up question. Um, you know, leading and facilitating these discussions is incredibly tough, as you talk yeah. about a lot of sensitive matters. Um, with yeah. people who have had, you know, really some big life events in their in their life, 
Um, and especially because it's a diverse group of people and it's not, it, you know, it's not, you know, sure. it's not, you know, um, AA, it's not, an, uh, uh, the, uh, I, I don't know if it's called NA, but uh, uh, Narcotics Anonymous as well. It might be. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's not you know kind of these focus groups on, but kind of trying to unite everyone regardless of what issue they have or not issue, but you know regardless of what situation they're in. Um, what are some things that you've learned on how to navigate these discussions? Great question. So there, I've met that with varying degrees of success. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of history first, because I'm a firm believer that uh, God doesn't really ask of us to do things that we're truly not ready to do, and that he's always preparing us for our mission, for our life purpose, and he he builds on that. And so um, years ago, I was teaching Sunday school and then youth group discussion groups as well um, for a couple years, and having facilitated some discussions with some high school kids, um, I felt like that really helped me prepare in a sense for what I'm doing now. And I'm sure that what I'm doing now will prepare me for what's next. I feel like, you know, God gives us these stepping stones for a very natural progression when we're, when we're willing and listening. Um, so specifically with the prisoners, um, the, Biggest challenges have been some. I mean, we get we get a whole spectrum of denominations. So you'll have evangelicals, you'll have Pentecostals, you'll have Jehovah's Witnesses, um, you'll have everybody, and everybody sometimes has competing views, and people can get stuck on the theological differences, um, even with with the facilitators sometimes, and and start to argue, mm-hmm. and. Uh, again, like I think implicitly one of our goals for this was not to devolve into human bantering, but to put to focus on Christ, to focus on unity and, and bring some sort of helpful message and not a divisive message. Um, and so actually the, there was one uh, session where one of the inmates did a better job facilitating than I did, and it was kind of by the grace of God. Um, I, I, th- there are a couple there that... Anytime you start talking about, well, it has been getting better, but anytime you start talking about certain political things, um, they immediately go to, well, this is a sign of the end times. like, And they get really fatalistic, really doom and gloom, and really kind of go off on rants about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I see validity to what people say, but um, it's not always helpful to get stuck on certain ideas um, and, and people do get stuck on certain ideas and, and there was one session where one of the inmates um, and I did not seem to agree on some points and one of the other inmates actually cut him off and said uh, something like hey you know we gotta we're, they're coming here on their own time out of the goodness of their hearts like you gotta respect other people's opinions it may not be the same as yours and that's okay because we're all brothers in Christ here right Something like that, and mm-hmm. it was just like such a. I, I want to hug this man yeah. for a moment. Yeah. No, I know <laughs> that's. It, that's and, awesome. and it really cut through the tension, and we had a really lovely discussion. And then the very next session, when I came back, that same guy that I had been having an argument with, uh, 
wanted to come up to me privately afterwards just to tell me that he'd been giving it a lot of thought and uh, a lot of prayer too and that he um, recognized that um, we are doing kind of the same work and, and maybe it's in different ways or different expressions but he was grateful for some of the new ideas that I had introduced him to mm-hmm. um, and I, it, it was phenomenal they're, they're such a good bunch <laughs> that's awesome uh, that's awesome and, and but, sorry okay. uh, do you normally have the 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 same crew of guys that you know that that will come each session or do you kind of have a lot of newcomers or a different different mix it seems it seems like we have two or three regulars um and interestingly enough uh it's a minimum security prison so sometimes Mm -hmm. they get out um at this last session one of the guys who'd come to several of them was telling us he may not see us again because he might be getting out Mm -hmm. um and that's good news too and obviously we're going to encourage him to um if, if not come to my particular church, you know, at least come to some, you know, Bible-based yeah. supportive church that he can find support from. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they all know that. They all know that we're, we're there for them in and out if they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there, there's, there's a, a core group of guys, and it, it's, it's been nice that the message has kind of been spreading because I think the core group of guys talk to their friends and, and you know, force them to come along and... Uh, it, it varies too because you know when there's certain sports events going on like I know they have basketball tournaments at the prison once in a while and sometimes they'll get fewer attendees than other nights and mm-hmm. um, you, usually we'll get at least four guys I think the most we've seen so far is about a dozen so it's just, it is definitely a small discussion group but it's yeah. it's been growing and awesome. uh, there, there is also advantages to small discussion groups in that they're maybe a little easier to facilitate Yes, absolutely. I, and I completely agree with that. I was uh, doing some background research and it sounds like the ideal amount for a small group is like between four to eight people. Um, if, okay. if I, you know, if I can recollect correctly, but exactly just so you can have, it's a little bit easier to facilitate and allows for everyone to contribute um, and kind of to go back and forth with each other. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Well, first, thanks so much for, for talking about this experience. I know um, I really enjoyed listening about this, and I'm sure every, every you know everybody else who's who's listening or will have the opportunity to you know if you know through you or through me just to, to, to share with other people will enjoy this too. Um, Great. Something else, and I want to take a step back and okay. kind of go back into to your upbringings in Christianity and. Um, yeah. and then kind of talk about Sunday school and kind of your, a bit more about your, your personal journey. Sure. Sure. So, um, when we last spoke on the phone, you had a term for this that I don't remember what exactly what it was, but a cute little term. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of like a pastor's kid in, in a sense, like pastor's my, kid. my, what was it? Yeah. Uh, pastor's kid, PK. PK. That was it. Okay. Just a simple abbreviation. Um, yeah. So I, was raised, you know, going to church every Sunday without exception. Um, my parents were always, you know, really heavily involved in, in the church. My mom's the church organist still to this day. Um, and, you know, it was important. And we had, it was valuable too. We had um, some adult mentors, adult discussion leaders that um, really took stock in all of us kids there. And, uh, you know, really did a good job of, of explaining biblical concepts in relevant terms. Um, but, you know, I think 
I didn't really make it my own, I guess you'd say, until much later. Um, you know, it, it was it was a duty. It was an obligation. It's just something you do because your parents want you to do it and, mm-hmm. and because you, you implicitly feel it's good. Um, but college came around and, you know, I got busy or, or just didn't care because um, it didn't seem to matter too much. Um, but after college, I found myself in a number of really challenging situations and um, there's a lot of ways that people deal with challenges one is with controlled substances mm-hmm. one is with therapy and other you know medication or, or whatever but I feel like it's generally pretty lacking in our world if you think those are the only ways to deal with it which is I think the spiritual element of our lives is often neglected and so I pursued some of those uh, things as, as remedies for, for depression, as remedies for um, addiction, and found all of them ultimately you know, well-intentioned but lacking. And it wasn't until I started more seriously pursuing spirituality that I started to find meaning again. Um, so I, I had been uh, engaged to be married in college and then that broke off and I kind of fell apart and be, just became a nervous wreck for a couple of years. Mm. Um, and that in retrospect was the best thing that could have happened because, um, it forced me to establish who I am and who I want to be and start searching for answers outside of the, um, scripted responses that you sometimes give. Mm. Um, and so I started, you know, reading scripture and things about scripture more heavily. And I, um, it really started investing in, in building that up and was led quite naturally and, and through nothing but divine grace to, uh, get involved with the local church and start teaching Sunday school. I'm, I'm a software developer now, but originally I had studied some education. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had always had an affinity for working with kids. Um, and it was a little unfortunate, I thought, that I had to abandon that when I switched to computer science, but it is just a sign of how all things work together for good um, that I was afforded the opportunity to work with kids in a different way in the church community. Um, and so that was like such a blessing. I, for some years, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'll, I'll just share, for some years I, I was addicted to uh, pornography and mm-hmm. um, that was kind of my escape and way of dealing with depression and other issues and inadequacy. And uh, it was really eating away at my soul, I guess you'd say. Um, mm-hmm. And when I made the stand to uh, fight that, to get overcome that temptation and, and heal that uh, affliction, um, I was very shortly thereafter um, given the opportunity to start working with kids and, and you know sharing Bible stories with them and things like that, and that was so much more invigorating and you know purpose driven than anything else I had been doing up to that point, um, and it's, it was also really cool because uh, there's something that's great about the receptivity of kids. You know, Christ Himself really valued that in, in children mm-hmm. when he was saying you have to be like one of these if you expect to enter the kingdom of heaven yeah. and I, I think he was talking about that that willingness to just be an open book to be a sponge and just learn 
Um, and the discussion groups that I had with, with the high school kids, that, that was just, my life was on cloud nine because I could share these biblical concepts that I had learned and was still learning um, and talk about them in, in meaningful ways. And, and, you know, just seeing a child light up about when you're talking about the Gospels is mm-hmm. um, hard to put into words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's super cool to be able to, to plant those seeds kind of it's you know for for those folks that's at such a young age and being being a mentor um but also kind of escaping into that that childlike state as well for yourself and as as sure. you, as you mentioned it, you're you're completely right you know Jesus wanted us and really admired that um you know people that that could that that were you know not childish but but were but were children right. but were children you know important so important distinction important distinction yes um, and it's, I think, I think a bit too often too, going back to what you were saying, we kind of find ourselves in this kind of trajectory or this path, um, you know, just kind of keep going, going, going. Um, and sometimes you have to kind of be completely thrown overboard to allow space for, you know, for him to work in you. Um, yeah. and for you to start, I think more so for you to start discovering it on your own. Um, and not yeah. and not letting other people discover it for you, um, yeah, and I think it's tough. Absolutely. And I yeah, and I think it's so challenging because um, you know a lot of times we feel like we're we're not maybe not always feel like we're kind of growing, but like we just kind of you know oh you know I'm going, I'm, I'm going to Bible study, I'm going you know I'm I'm praying, but I think sometimes it takes those 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 big you know completely one eighties uh, to get you back in the you know in, in a in a whole new whole new place. And as you mentioned you wouldn't, you know, you're looking back on it, you're completely grateful for that experience. And, um, I appreciate you for sharing too. And I know it's, um, it always feels kind of weird, maybe sharing or just feels, you know, it feels different. Um, but that's, I think that's, you know, being able to, um, being able to confront and being able to address. And then, you know, you've been doing, you've you've done amazing things so far and have been able to, you know, develop as a Christian and just develop as just a human being, which is really uh, remarkable. And, and, you know, all all glory to God too, you know, for that opportunity. Um, Yeah. And um, one of the most dangerous prayers that you can pray is God, I'm yours. Use me because he will. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, sometimes like I admit that sometimes I I haven't really fully invested in that prayer sometimes you know you may say you know I want you to use me God but you may say well when it really comes down to it and maybe use me one day out of the week or something yeah or like Um, or like you yeah like use me but I want to use me this way (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah um but and and another thing I was going to mention is that you know as I was given these opportunities it's, it's maybe important for people to understand that I constantly felt and sometimes still feel completely underqualified um, yeah. and like in over my head. But sometimes those moments, that, that feeling is, is healthy because it, it keeps you humble. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, these, these heart-wrenching episodes that we're touching on here that, you know, the, the 180s that, that bring such inspiration with them, um, those are, those are hard, but, uh, 
you, you got to use that that energy, that motivation to establish um, establish a consistent practice, and that that's kind of what I've been working on mm-hmm. lately. And I I fail at it sometimes, um, and so you know I, it's it's been very good for me to to take part in these discussion groups to to be a light in the world to to do what I can, but. I'm also kind of always trying to keep my eye on the horizon mm-hmm. and see how I can improve, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, see how I can and get lower to go higher, be, be a better disciple, because I'm definitely not the best. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. And I, I'm sure we're all guilty of that, too. So um, sure. we're all we're all we can all unify in that. Um, something I want to ask you, um, and you mentioned it earlier, but I want to know if there's anything else. Um, some of the biggest questions you have on Christianity or, you know, and more so your personal journey, you mentioned, you know, how can I, or how can I be able to kind of live in this, you know, like live this like prison ministry or like, you know, that feeling or that, that, that mission that you have during that time, but do it, you know, seven days per week. Um, I know that's kind of a question you've had. Is there anything, you know, you want to add to that or if there's anything else in addition, um, that has been kind of talk, um, talking at your heart recently. Um, that says it pretty well. I don't know that I have too much to add. Uh, my, my daily practice has, has admittedly been inconsistent mm-hmm. and that is definitely one of the things that I hope to improve, especially over the next year. Um, also, so I'm kind of jumping ahead cause you, you did send me a list of questions and so I've had a chance to <laughs> Think about this a little bit. You're spilling the beans. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, one of, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can offer, or the thing that was most impactful for me and most helpful for me um, in this walk, is just reading the Bible in its entirety. Um, that alone has, has been so helpful, especially now that I'm having, you know, sometimes theological debates with people in prison. Um, because you, you got to have that foundation, you got to have that familiarity, um, and and of course there's a balance. You you can't just have the book learning; you have to live it too. Yeah. But um, I a couple of years ago I found a small group of friends who had a similar goal of, of you know we had never read the thing all the way through. People had read maybe different parts in different frequencies, uh, but we really wanted to do that, and so we found a, a reading guide and. Mm-hmm. Um, came up with a system that would enable us to keep each other accountable mm, um, yep. and, and and share the inspiration that we got from our daily readings too. And um, we, did, we, we did that in about a year and that has propelled my um, thoughts and feelings and ministry more than anything else is, is just getting that familiarity with the scriptures. Um, it, it's so helpful and especially in the prison, a lot of the guys who come to the session, you start like vaguely describing some passage that you remembered from somewhere, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's Matthew eleven twenty four and you're like, "What?" <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they and uh, one of the guys likes to say, "You know, the the judge, he gave me a lot of time, so <laughs> he's a real nice guy for giving me so much time." So that you know, they some of those guys they they study all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and they they know that that book chapter and verse. I, I don't. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't it, know that I will, but um, you know, you, you, 
it definitely keeps you on your toes. <laughs> so it's good to have had that foundation of reading yeah. it at least once all the way through. Yeah. I think that's great. And I've actually, you know, I asked this question to a lot of folks they come on the podcast and that's, it's good because everyone gives me a very, pretty much different answer every time, which I okay. think it, I think is awesome because there's so many different ways to, yeah. to, to develop your faith or, you know, learn more about Jesus and just Christianity. And I, it was just awesome. And this particular advice in particular and what you're working on uh, resonates with me too. And that's something that I've personally been doing is I, you know, just finished the new Testament kind of, you know, page, uh, you know, from, um, Matthew all the way to revelations and now looking to kind of now I'm going back, back through the old Testament starting in Genesis. So, um, doing a similar, similar thing and was using a book to kind of hold me accountable. And now I don't really have a book for the old Testament. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of keep that momentum and kind of hold myself accountable. So, um, we'll see how that goes. Um, best of luck to you I appreciate it same with, same with you as well um, thank you final final thing um, I just want to know if there's anything else that you, um, you wanted to to leave us today um, and then also if you know if people have questions for you um, wh- where can they find you or reach out to you yeah um, well the, the biggest thing I'd say is thank you so much for doing this I think it's great that you're able to reach people through this medium and you know, convey that um, those of us who are, are followers are not like we don't we don't have all the answers. We're we're figuring this out together, um, and and we're walking this together and willing to support people in their walks. Um, and sometimes people take it, it's been it's been great seeing such a array of different denominations and different backgrounds, um, and then people who aren't part of any denomination um, because. You see that that diversity and, and that the different life experiences, and, and really learn to respect the individual paths that people take, and, and sometimes the winding roads they, they find towards pursuing a greater closeness with with divine love, with yeah. God, our Creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, your expression of this, is, I think, is wonderful. Um, so thank you for doing this podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. And then, and then what was the other question? I already forgot. Sorry. Um, well, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, and the other question was just where people can find you, or you know, how can they, oh, right how can they reach out to you? Um, so add me on Facebook. Uh, that's the easiest way. I have a lot of friends that I don't even know who they are anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I used to blog. I haven't really blogged in more than a year now. I have. Okay. So I have a, a website. It's uh, my name hyphenated. Um, I can send you a link and post that in your podcast description or something. Perfect. Um, but I don't really update it very often, so maybe that's not a good resource. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, but uh, personal correspondence, I think, is always always best for me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give you my email. I think you have my email address, um, or just my Facebook uh, profile. Just send me a private message. Send me an email. I'm always happy to talk with people, especially when it comes to matters of faith, because I feel like in the public sphere, so often I've been conditioned to hide or water down um, the spirituality that's so important to me, because it can really seem to put off people, or, or has seemed to. And so that that's another active struggle that I'm learning how to how to share that in in more effective ways and to be kind of as Jesus says, to be um, as wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. 
Mm. And not so you know, if you're sharing things in ways that are meaningful and not feel like they're forcing, uh, you know, orthodoxy down people's throat. Sure. Um, but as a result of this, I felt like a lot of my um, these issues that are so meaningful to me, important to me. I don't share them that often, so when I do have the opportunity to, I'm always happy to jump on it. Mm. Um, so if anybody has any questions and, or just want to talk or just want to argue with me or whatever, just you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> send me an email, send me a Facebook message, I, I will respond. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, thanks so much. Um, to wrap us up, w- would you mind closing us out in prayer? Oh, gosh. Put me on the spot. <laughs> Put you on the spot. If, uh, if not, it's fine. I can close this out, too. I, I, can, I can try. Um, thank you, Lord, for bringing us together to glorify your name. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to reach people far and wide that we don't even know. And for giving... I told you I'm bad at this. <laughs> giving... Uh, a fresh expression, singing a new song um, in our own unique way that you have created and purposed for us so that we may empower others to find you and to express their unique purpose that you have given to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. That was, that was, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Um, all right, Gordon, uh, it was a pleasure having you on today. Um, I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. Likewise. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today in another episode of the Guys Like Us podcast. Uh, It was incredibly great having Gordon on the show today, hearing more about his his story and what he's currently up to. And if you'd like to be in contact with Gordon, the best way to reach him is by email. Um, As he mentioned, just sending him a direct message. Um, He'll he'll make sure to get back to you. It is sopergem at gmail.com. S-O-A-P-E-R-G-E-M at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to him and reach out to me as well. And this is Tyler Brondike with another episode of the Guys Like Us podcast. Stay tuned for the next one coming next week. Ciao.